Hi, and welcome to another episode of CMV Speaks, the National CMV Foundation's podcast. So happy to be with you all again for this episode. My name is Kalia Fleming, and I proudly serve as the Executive Director of the National CMV Foundation. So for those of you who are listening in for the first time and may not be familiar with CMV, in this case, our focus is CCMV or congenital CMV. And you may be saying, well, what is that? So congenital cytomegalovirus or congenital CMV infection is arguably the most common preventable cause of neonatal disability here in the U.S., affecting more than approximately 30,000 children per year. It is the number one cause of non-genetic hearing loss of U.S. infants, and it, that's a timely data point for our guests that we have today. But I digress. So the National CMV Foundation is dedicated to preventing pregnancy loss childhood death, and disability due to congenital CMV. And through our CMV Speaks podcast series, we really strive and aim to highlight advocacy, education, industry, and scientific advances related to congenital CMV. Why? Because we want to bring congenital CMV to the forefront of the conversation in a variety of sectors. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Moderna, one of our longstanding amazing partners, whose mission is to deliver the greatest possible impact to people through mRNA medicines. So we're really happy for their support. So moving forward with today's podcast episode, super honored to be chatting with two amazing gentlemen. I have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Dave Fabry. He's the chief hearing health officer of Starkey and Mr. Jake Spano, who's the director of corporate social responsibility. And so I will just dive right into my first question, gentlemen, and just tell everyone, if you want to quickly just give an overview of Starkey, but we're also curious to hear your journey into the hearing loss space. Sure. Jake, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, go for it. Okay. Um, so I'll give a high level overview of Starkey. We're a global manufacturer of hearing aids and the only U.S. manufacturer that makes up the roughly five companies that uh, comprise the global market. We're based in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, but we have employees all over the world, about uh, nearly 6,000 employees, about 1,500 on our campus here in the western suburb of Eden Prairie, Minnesota, where we've been since uh, 1967. And um, we're really proud that we are based in Minnesota, but we make hearing aids for the world for adult, pediatric, and geriatric populations. Um, my personal journey with uh, hearing loss uh, began really, and it, it extends 41 years this year now. Um, I became an audiologist after graduating from the University of Minnesota. I like to say I have three degrees below zero, and we're recording this today when we're experiencing that below zero weather uh, and expecting a big snowstorm. So um, after completing my degrees, I uh, spent time at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, uh, where I uh, worked as a uh, consultant in audiology and then later the section head and spent nearly uh, 14 years there between two stints. Uh, I also worked at Walter Reed Army Medical Center and the University of Miami Medical Center. But in my role at Starkey now uh, as chief hearing health officer, I still see patients mostly geriatric patients, but throughout my career, I've worked with both pediatric and geriatric patients. And while at Mayo, um, we, um, uh, during my tenure as chief of audiology, we uh, developed a newborn hearing screening program, which I hope we'll get to talk a little bit about today and why that's so important as it relates to congenital CMV. 
And uh, I'm really pleased to be with you today to have this conversation. Jake? Thank you. Um, and uh, I think it's interesting. Dave's one of the smartest people I know, but when I hear him read his resume and I see that he went from Miami to Minnesota, I begin to wonder <laughs> days like this. Um, you know, so I worked at Sturkey now for about 18 months and, and uh, uh, came to uh, sort of philanthropic and, and corporate social responsibility work in a really weird way. I don't have a background necessarily in it. Um, I've, I've worked largely in uh, sort of community building and built uh, political spaces, um, but had a really a unique connection at Starkey that uh, brought me here as Starkey was transitioning from its old Starkey Hearing Foundation days into bringing this work uh, about uh, a caring for one another into our company culture, um, or I should say really reflecting our company culture. For me personally, um, my journey with hearing uh, began at almost birth. Uh, when I was a, a infant, I had some fairly severe ear infections in my left ear, and it um, caused a fairly profound hearing loss. And so I have lived almost my entire life uh, with hearing loss, and uh, but really, like many people, wasn't until I reached kind of my mid-30s that I realized just how bad it was and uh, and sought hearing help. And so I have a, a, a lived personal connection uh, to hearing health, but also a professional one and have a, a great opportunity here at Starkey to expand that reach and, and uh, caring for one another. So uh, so that's how I got to, to this place. Awesome. Thank you both for sharing how you entered this space. And thank you, Jake, for sharing your personal story and your lived experience. I, I'm 100% sure that that definitely influences your work. Um, I know Starkey is deemed an industry leader in custom hearing aids, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But for folks who don't know how this relationship forged between Starkey and the National CMV Foundation, just to give some background and context, um, Starkey last year was a phenomenal sponsor for our Strides for CMB Twin Cities event held in Minnesota during June, which is CMB Awareness Month. And so, Jake, I wanted to give you some time to kind of talk just about, um, you know, especially in your role in corporate social responsibility, why you thought it was a great idea to support this event and our efforts in this space. Well, so one of the things, a little bit about Starkey Cares, um, you know, the mission of Starkey Cares, uh, which is our, our CSR program, is designed to demonstrate the value of caring for one another. And we do that um, not exclusively through hearing, right? The, the mission statement is, is that this is our corporate social responsibility program that is designed to bring people together around the value of caring for one another. And what I love about that mission statement is it doesn't actually say anything about hearing or hearing aids. It talks about caring. Um, and so that gives us great opportunity to have impact in a lot of different ways. But primarily, we do it through three pillars. Um, we help communities in need, and that could be an individual who needs hearing help. It could be, uh, you know, a neighborhood uh, or, or a country. Right. And Dave has been on, on a number of trips around uh, the U.S. And, uh, and globally where we've helped people. We support uh, folks who have uh, served in the military as a kind of a, a big pillar of our program. And then finally, we have kind of a, a universe of global commitments. And our biggest one there is we're the hearing health partner uh, for Special Olympics. So if you are a Special Olympics athlete or coach, 
and you have a demonstrated hearing loss that a hearing aid can help with, we will provide you with that technology for free and we will connect you with uh, a, uh, uh, a Starkey Cares partner. Uh, sometimes there are audiologists uh, or hearing aid dispensers in your sort of community who will provide you with the service uh, and follow-up care. Um, and then the other side of it is our sponsorships, as you mentioned. And we uh, sponsor a number of organizations in the U.S. and globally. Uh, the Alzheimer's Association is a big uh, benefactor of ours. But also, uh, so too is the CMV Foundation. And as you raised last year, um, we sponsored uh, their walk. And uh, this, the reason I love to sort of talk about CMV is because it demonstrates an important aspect of our CSR program that our CEO, Brandon Swalich, feels really, really profoundly about, which is so often people think of uh, corporate social responsibility as these things that you do out there in the world. And that's for sure a thing that you do. But it's also about how we show up for each other inside the company. Um, what do we do for each other to support each other? And the CMV Foundation, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, landed on my radar because one of our employees has a child with, CM, uh, you know, with CMV. And, and she came to me and said, there's this event. And would, would Starkey consider sponsoring our event? And Brandon uh, feels very, very strongly around uh, employee engagement and differentiating ourselves as a company about how we treat our employees. And so I was, I mean, it was an easy yes for me to say, absolutely, we want to sponsor your event. And so that's that's how we came into the CMV Foundation last year. Awesome. Thank you for that background. And that also, you know, provides a great illustration of the power of personal relationships, right? And this kind of peer-to-peer um, fundraising, peer-to-peer social responsibility piece. So I'm mm-hmm. happy that Starkey really focuses on that for their employees. Um Going back to my initial question, you know, we all know our work here is in the congenital CMV space. So we deal a lot with youth and and children and kids and infants. And so my next question is, could you just tell our audience, um, this may be two questions in one, describe Starkey's work specific to those who have hearing loss due to CMV and how does that parallel or translate into custom hearing aids for that population? Sure. Um, well, and and from our perspective, regardless from whether it's uh, a newborn to someone 100 years of age or older, we're working to design hearing aids to provide the audibility, that is to amplify appropriately for the degree and type of hearing loss that they have, um, to ensure that speech intelligibility and sound quality can be heard in all of the listening environments where that individual may need to participate. In a pediatric population, that may mean um, that they're able to communicate with their parents because speech and hearing and language development are inextricably intertwined. You cannot separate the two. If, um, and relevant to this case, one of the reasons that I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today is that with CMV, as you as you alluded to at the at the beginning, um, one out of two hundred babies is born with congenital CMV, and one in five with congenital CMV have symptoms of long term health problems, including, as you mentioned, hearing loss. And that hearing loss may be present at birth or after, and it may progress so that um, uh, we now have programs where newborn hearing screening can. 
uh, discern before the baby even leaves the hospital whether they may have a hearing loss that requires additional attention. And the reason that I bring that up prior to answering your question more directly is that clock is ticking. The moment that the baby leaves the hospital, if they've been identified that there may be a concern related to hearing as a result of congenital CMV, the faster that the parents can follow up from that initial screening result by seeing an audiologist uh, or hearing care professional to do a more complete diagnostic eval, and importantly, you know, verify that there's a hearing loss, and then uh, importantly, engage with intervention in the form of hearing aids or uh, cochlear implants. There, there have been advances in both of those areas in recent years, and we're committed to ensuring that, as Jake said, with our Starkey Cares program, there should never be an issue uh, in, with a child in particular, because of speech and language being so closely tied to hearing that we need to intervene as quickly as possible. Now, the emotional toll on this for parents dealing with something that they didn't anticipate where their perfect child now has uh, the indication that they may have a hearing loss, the temptation is to wait. And my advice, my concern to those listeners on your podcast today is that the sooner they intervene by doing diagnos diagnosis and then importantly treatment, as challenging and emotional and difficult as that is, the sooner they act, the better the long-term outcomes will be. And our technology is designed for from pediatric to geriatric populations and everyone in between, because although People, when they think of hearing loss, they many, many of them think of it as an older person's issue. This can be concerned at any age, and we make technologies to meet any age and any degree of hearing loss. And of importance to CMV is sometimes this can progress. So we need devices that are very flexible, that can be adjusted. We'll typically start with over-the-ear type devices, behind-the-ear devices in young children, um, because it's often the parents that are in charge of inserting and removing and, and ensuring that those devices stay on. As the child gets older, um, custom devices, as you alluded to, Kalia, may uh, be a, a, a very appropriate discussion and strategy for approaching with children as, uh, you know, unfortunately, stigma remains an important part with hearing aids and hearing loss and, and trying to ensure that we're providing the best performance first but also with the cosmesis that children um, you know, uh, want as well is important. But we'll typically begin with over-the-ear technologies and we make behind-the-ear devices as well as those custom devices you alluded to. Any questions that, about any of that? That was awesome. It was a lot, but it was awesome. Mm. I think you answered like three of my questions in that very amazing, detailed, thorough explanation. So... That was going to be my next question for you as a follow-up. You mentioned we hear newborn screening, we hear new advances in technology. You you gave a good example of what that looks like. So I just wanted to ask, are there any new specific hearing aid technologies or resources that have been crafted by Starkey? Well, I think, and, and thank you for that. The, the first part is to have a device that is capable for the professional, the audiologist typically is who they're gonna see with pediatric population, 
to ensure that there's flexibility. Because when we start out with a newborn, um, you know, the newborn hearing screening, as you alluded, um, which in we have universal newborn hearing screening so that most babies are tested before they leave the hospital, but it's a screening measure. We can't get elaborate and intricate details about their hearing at that point of birth. We can say screening indicates that either otoacoustic emissions, which is an echo, we put a sound into the ear and it echoes back out. It's objective. We can't teach a newborn how to raise their hand or push a button when they hear a tone. But what we do is we use these objective measures to get more and more detail about their hearing. And as they get a little bit older, we can do behavioral uh, uh, audiology and as well as electrophysiology testing objective measures where they don't have to respond. But the most important thing is that we provide devices that are capable of intricate adjustments by the hearing care professional, by that audiologist, as they learn more about the hearing of the newborn and, um, and, and precisely tune that so that it's only amplifying in the regions where they have hearing loss. And the greater detail that we get as that child gets older, the better we can perform. And our device, uh, our latest device is called Genesis. Um, it has many other features that we can talk about, but staying true to your uh, question of what makes that appropriate for consideration in a pediatric population is the flexibility that the hearing care professional, the audiologist has to be able to fine tune that device if the hearing loss is progressing or as we learn more detail about the specific configuration, which frequencies have hearing loss and what degree of hearing loss. As the child ages, we get more and more detail. And um, there are a host of other features now that once that child is old enough to be able to um, use an iPad, we can, uh, for education purposes and, and learning speech and language, in addition to interacting with parents and, and teachers, um, these devices are capable of streaming directly from an iPad, which increasingly is mind-blowing all of the resources, the educational resources, so that they can have the best signal to noise for speech and language training to supplement what is done with a parent or a teacher. Uh, and these devices are capable of connecting directly to a phone or an iPad or even a computer now. Um, my latest uh, Mac computer uh, connects directly to my Genesis devices so that I can be in the moment and learn and really listen as carefully as possible to speech and language sounds so that I'm producing those sounds and I'm listening to sounds to differentiate and experience that best speech intelligibility, which is so critical to language development. I love that you mentioned the aspect of specific tailoring and that that is a possibility with Genesis because as you touched on earlier, we know the earlier that early intervention is implemented, um, you know, the quality of life and outcomes with speech and language and all of that greatly improves. And I think that partly is possible, not just necessarily with noting something early on, but addressing it and making sure you make tweaks and adjustments as you go, kind of that real time process evaluation feedback. So I think that is amazing. I love how you said it links to your Mac and to other technologies and other modalities. And I think that just also speaks to the advances that we're seeing when it comes to hearing aid technologies. Um, Absolutely. You mentioned something I want to kind of pivot into now, which is, you know, education. I know you mentioned it could link to the iPad for different educational activities. 
Um, so my question for both of you is, you know, we talked about kind of the technology aspect, new developments, new advances, but I want to pivot to educational resources, right? So mm-hmm. um, half the battle is making sure those in our community, those outside of our community are aware of hearing loss, uh, hearing loss technologies, hearing loss advancements, right? So are there specific hearing aid or hearing loss educational resources or programming um, that Sparky Starkey has spearheaded available for the general public? We've certainly partnered with advocacy groups like the Hearing Loss Association of America, HLAA. Alexander Graham Bell is an organization more for pediatric patients that has been really dedicated and focused on the needs um, for um, pediatric applications, as well as the professional associations of the American Academy of Audiology and the American Speech Hearing Language Association. to really, you know, we see our role as a technology developer to um, not necessarily develop the educational resources per se, because we can partner and collaborate with those professional organizations that I mentioned. Um, but then if we provide the technology, we say carrying technology, so the devices can be uh, uh, coupled with uh, tools that are increasingly developed for smartphones, for iPads, for computers for that, those educational resources, including early educational resources, because my mind is blown. I'm, I'm a new grandparent um, uh, just in the last year. And uh, my granddaughter, um, it, you know, already, you, know, you look at how, um, uh, and I assure you that uh, I made sure with newborn hearing screening results and, uh, and also with the congenital CMV issues that the newborn hearing screening and that we were evaluating her uh, my granddaughter, uh, 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 very early on to ensure that her, she did not have hearing deficits, but it's amazing. Uh, the parents are with the child 24 seven and, uh, their input needs to be given, uh, the greatest import, but then also there's this issue of denial in many cases of saying, well, I think they might've heard this, or I'm, I'm not sure if they're not sure, see your pediatrician, see your audiologist, um, see your ear, nose, and throat physician. As Jake said, he had middle ear infections growing up in that one ear. And, and, and don't delay. Delay is the enemy as it relates to congenital CMV and hearing loss because we've got to ensure that we're making the technology that works with the education, the formal education, but also that informal learning, that spatial awareness, that audio in the environment, whether it sounds in the home or pets, or family members, um, we want that child to be able to hear to their very best ability. And it really requires a partnership between educators, audiologists, parents, and it requires urgency. I think, you know, the the only thing that I might add to that, or to sort of put a point of emphasis on, as an adult, I know what I missed out on, right? And I know people around me who have hearing loss, who I've either convinced to get help or, you know, have refused to get help. And, um, and they think, you know, there's nothing that can be done or, you know, what have you. Um, The reason I bring it up is because as, as Dave said, delay is the enemy and your, your children need you as an advocate and they can't tell you what they're missing right at at that very, very young uh, stage. And so, making sure that, you know, you sort of 
fall to the the default of if you if you get if you think there might be something going on there, you know, making sure that you really have that checked out. So for us as adults, we we now know, you know, when we get hearing help and the hearing health that we need, we realize what we were missing out on. Um, and and you know, Dave has seen that moment for adults when we are at Special Olympics events and and we have a coach or or an athlete who all of a sudden you know, you put hearing aids in their ears and their, their family was told like, you know, he can't hear or he'll never hear, or she will never hear. I mean, Dave and I were in Berlin at special Olympics where we fit almost 300 athletes from all over the world. And he remembers very well. There was one athlete named Samantha who was, you know, she was told her parents were told she'll never hear. And, uh, and thankfully uh, the audiologist that tested her saw hearing in her face, right? And, and Bill Austin, the founder of our company, will tell you that hearing happens in the whole body. It doesn't just happen in your ears. Um, and they saw something in her face and brought her over. And sure enough, uh, you know, when she was fit with our devices, she was able to hear. And it was an amazing experience. It was, it, it was quite, quite important. So I only bring that up as a way to kind of reinforce his point, which is, you as parents, you're your kids' best advocates, and uh, and make sure that if you think there's something there, that you get it checked out soon. And it reminded me of one thing, Jake, that I did want to add to uh, that point. And thank you for for clarifying some of my intent. Um, the the other issue is is that although congenital CMV typically in in many cases shows up as a hearing loss in both ears, that may be progressive. It may occur at birth or after. Uh, shortly afterwards. So even if someone passes newborn hearing screening, the parents need to remain vigilant uh, to see if there is any evidence that they're seeing because they're with that child all of the time about a hearing loss that may develop after they even pass a newborn hearing screening. You haven't reached the finish line. Um, If you have a clear uh, newborn hearing screening, uh, you need to remain vigilant to that. And then the other thing is, is that although many children will present with hearing loss in both ears. There are cases with congenital CMV where it only affects one ear. And that's where it's really nuanced in the sense that although the the, the baby may be attending to sounds, um, uh, alerting sounds and things like that, it observe from the parental standpoint, whether if, if they're making a sound from the kitchen or from a different direction, if the baby alerts, but looks in the wrong direction, it may suggest that there's a hearing loss only in one side. In the same way that if you cover one eye, um, you can be corrected to 2020 with one eye, but what you'll lose is depth perception. With regards to hearing, you can hear environmental sounds, but when you only have hearing in one ear, you lose the ability to locate sounds, that spatial awareness. So the baby might alert to the presence of a dog bark, but look in the wrong direction. And parents can be in tune to that to a much greater degree than a physician or even an audiologist in some cases where you know they're busy and they're trying to handle all of the big issues. But those subtle things, especially with newborns, where there's a loss in only one side, is something that parents can be in tune to and should remain vigilant to. No, great, great points made. I really like the point about kind of this parental awareness, this observation, being your child's best advocate. 
Um, you know them better than anyone else. So being attuned to, hey, they look this way when this this was where the sound was coming from and making sure that they report that um, to their child's doctor so that it can continue to be monitored. So that was a great point made. Jake, I want to go back to something you said earlier, and, and you both said it throughout this, this episode. You know, we keep saying delay is the enemy, delay is the enemy. I also think one of the enemies in this space is access, right? And so you have a lot of families who have questions around cost. They're already dealing with a lot emotionally, right? The emotional toll, drain, the CMV odyssey. So there may be some concerns about the cost of hearing aids. We know certainly there are concerns about cochlear implants, right? So what would you tell families wanting to learn more about financing options or program to help alleviate fear around hearing aid pricing and costs and things of that? Thanks for the question. Uh, You know, at a high level, I would say, you know, if you don't ask, you won't know. Right. So I think the one of the things that I've experienced broadly and both working with Starkey, but also in my own life, is there's a lot of people who make assumptions about a lot of things. Right. They assume that they can't that they'll never be able to hear. They'll assume that they can't afford the hearing aid or they assume that there isn't someone in their area that's convenient for them or takes their insurance or whatever the case may be. And um, and I always say, like, you know. If you don't ask, you're not going to know. So starting starting from that place, right, is is making sure that folks feel comfortable making inquiries. So for us as a company, Starkey, we realize what you you know as you raised it, um, uh, there are challenges around accessing the hearing health that people deserve. So we have a number of uh, of sort of tools. We talked about the Special Olympics partnership, right, and that's uh, an obvious one. But we also have a program called uh, Neighbors in Need, which is a program that is sort of structured like a three-legged stool. Um, Starkey as a company provides uh, technology. We have um, audiologists over 20, probably around 2,200 locations around the United States. And these are, these are our customers who do business with us all the time, who have offered to provide free services to folks who are in need. And so uh, they provide the sort of the fitting service and the follow-up care. Um, and then the applicant, the patient in this case, um, pays an application fee. So it's a $300 application fee. And the upside of our application process is we have all of our, you know, which is very transparent about what your, the income requirements are to be a neighbors in need patient. Um, and so you know before you apply whether or not you're going to uh, qualify. And so for, th- for that application fee, uh, patients get top-tier technology uh, hearing aids and free fitting and follow-up care from a, a professional in their, in their community. Um, because it's really important for us to make sure that uh, everyone gets the hearing health that they deserve. And so if they contact us and they've got questions, we actually have staff that are devoted full-time to this program and the Starkey Cares program. So when you call in uh, or when you email to neighborsinneed at starkey.com, that's usually the the fastest and easiest way. We have an online application process. It takes about 10 minutes to apply. Um, You can go to starkeycares.com and and learn more about the Neighbors in Need program, which has all of the income requirements. So it's really, really transparent. We want to make it as easy as possible for folks to get what the what they need. 
No, that is awesome. Thank you for sharing about Neighbors in Need because that information, I love that you shared, first of all, that program, um, but how folks could access it. We want to make sure we always leave folks with tangible next steps and action items that they can then employ um, as it fits their situation. So thank you, Jake, for that. This has been like a mind-blowing, great wealth of information session. You all have shared so, so much, and I'm so grateful. And I pray that this is very informative and really a blessing to those folks listening in from the CMB community. Um, My question is, you shared a lot, and I know that we could talk for hours more on the work of Starkey. But in the essence of time, could you please share where folks can go to learn more about your hearing aids, technologies, and the work of Starkey as a whole? Great. Well, I'll start. And um, one area is www.starkey.com. And they can uh, uh, find out information about technology, work that Starkey is doing. They can even um, uh, screen for an adult. Let's say there's a family member on the other end of the spectrum that is an adult or geriatric uh, concerned that they're missing some sounds. And Hearing loss at any point in life um, is problematic. I I often say only half kiddingly that while we test newborns, every newborn before they leave the hospital, there's an age-related prejudice on the other side where we don't um, ensure. uh, We often accept hearing loss as a part of aging. And um, we know increasingly that we're seeing issues related to loneliness, isolation, depression, even, even cognitive function. Um, if hearing loss is not addressed later in life. So Starkey.com has information. You can even screen your hearing. And another area, we, we make a, 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 an app for a smartphone, Android or iPhones, um, where um, it can actually be used. It's a free app to download, and it's called um, uh, SoundCheck, SoundCheck. And um, if you're concerned um, that you're in an environment where loud noises may be damaging to hearing. And this applies to children and adults. Um, you can download the app. It'll tell you what the level is in real time and whether that level is dangerous and over how long of a period of time would it be dangerous. This is also relevant to babies because in many cases, parents use monitors and also sound generators so that once the baby falls asleep, they don't wake up. We've seen in the market that some of these noise generators or sound generators are capable of presenting sounds at a level that could cause additional hearing loss to babies and infants that use these types of noise generators. So SoundCheck and SoundCheck Live, I guess it's called, um, can be downloaded free on either the um, the Android or iPhone platform. And I would encourage parents who are concerned about noise levels for themselves or their children to download that free app. For myself, uh, on the Starkey Care side of things, it's uh, if folks want to learn more about our program, uh, they can just go to starkey.com slash Starkey Cares. And we have all sorts of information about the, the three pillars that I talked about and opportunities you know, for sponsorship, um, as well as um, a copy of this last year's uh, most recent uh, impact report. That's for 2022. We are actually finishing putting the finishing touches um, on this coming uh, impact report, which will profile 2023. 
If they want to reach out to us, um, they can call us at 855-686-2202, or they can email us at starkeycares at starkey.com. And our, and our Starkey Care specialists who answer those calls and emails will get you routed uh, appropriately, depending on what you're interested in, and get you connected to the hearing help that you need. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those resources. Um, thank you for sharing how folks can get in contact with the company. Um, just so grateful that you all shared a few minutes of your time this morning with me. I think this was very valuable and helpful information for those in our CMV community. For those who are listening in that want to stay abreast of the National CMV Foundation's activities and events, you can always, always, always follow us on social. We are on Facebook, we're on Twitter and Instagram, as well as you can visit our website, nationalcmv.org. Again, that's nationalcmv.org to stay abreast of our activities, events, and all of our happenings. So Jake and Dave, again, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. To everyone listening in, thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. Have a phenomenal day. <laughs>